Kevin Vibert. And we are the co-creators of the Penumbra Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the Penumbra Podcast, this episode is a remastering, recasting, rewriting of our first Juno story, Juno Steel and the Case of the Murderous Mask. Uh, we wanted to show all of our new listeners what we've become capable of over the course of our first season. Um, so the bar of quality that you'll hear in this episode uh, is sort of what you can expect by the end of the first season and onwards. That means for a few episodes after this, there will be a little bit of a dip in quality while we find our footing, uh, but this is the high bar that you can expect after that. If you are a returning listener um, who's listening to this before March 18th, 2017, um, we will be backdating parts one and two at that point, so they will be at the beginning of the feed from then on. Uh, But don't worry, the original version of Murderous Mask will be there too, and we're really excited to share this new version with you. Enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next time at the Penumbra. Ah, good evening, traveler. Welcome to the Penumbra. May I take your coat? You've picked an excellent place to spend the night, dear traveler. The Penumbra is the grandest hotel this side of nowhere. Countless rooms and countless halls. Just look ahead of you. See the doors go on and on. Even we aren't sure how many there are, or what lies behind them all. Will you be staying long? Many of our guests do. You're in good company, traveler. The Penumbra draws guests from everywhere and every when, and all of them have stories to tell. Stories that will excite you, delight you, and maybe even terrify you. Don't believe me? Well, see for yourself. This guest has been a fixture in the Penumbra for as long as anyone can recall. He's a detective by the name of Steel, and he's just received a very strange message from a very old friend. An ancient curse has supposedly claimed its first victim, and if the crime scene is to be believed, Detective Steel might just be its second. What luck! It sounds like he's in. Come, traveler. Come with me into room J-12. Juno Steel and the Case of the Murderous Mask. Hyperion City. Some people say it's the most beautiful place in the galaxy. The rest of us live there. It's one of those places that they make postcards about, Hyperion. Hell of a skyline. Twinkling lights and neon waves below and shimmering satellites hanging above. But here's the thing about a skyline. It only shows you the outside of things. On the inside. Inside, things can get messy. I was thinking about that messiness a lot on the day I took the Grimm's mask case. Probably because I was looking at someone's insides at the time. Mrs. Steele! Mr. Steele, what's with that weird message you got a minute ago? On my screen, I saw what was supposed to be a glass trophy case, but it was hard to tell with all the blood covering it and the lower half of a human being hanging out one side. But believe it or not, that wasn't even what made my heart stop when I looked at it. That honor went to the wall behind the case, on which was written, in blood, Your Next Juno Steel. And that's kind of a problem for me, because it turns out, my name is Juno Steel. I'm a private eye. In a town as ugly as this one, cleaning things up is supposed to be my business, but most of the time, 
Most of the time, it just feels like I'm spreading the mess around. Whoa, boss! I'm getting another weird message! It's a call of some kind, but the readings are all woobly and... Who's it from? You can't even feel safe in your own boss's office anymore. Almost made me choke on my pretzel bits, and now I got salmon paste all over Put it me. through already. I'm trying, boss, but it just kinda... Chipper as ever, I see, Juno. It sounds like you treat your secretary about as well as you treat your friends. Went through by itself. It's alright, Rita. Let her through. It's just... <sighs> Sasha Wire. Excuse me. Agent Sasha Wire. Operative for the Dark Matters Special Investigations Team. We were friends as kids, but it had been 15 years since the last time I saw her. In Hyperion City, there are only three kinds of people. People who eat. People who get eaten. And people like Sasha Wire, who are smart enough to leave. I had to admit, the Dark Matter spook suit looked good on her. The sunglasses were the same color as her hair and the same temperature as her eyes. What's with the long face, Sasha? Regretting not staying away longer, or maybe you're just upset they had to break your streak? Isn't it possible that I could just be concerned for your safety, Juno? Nope. Fair enough. Have you heard of the death mask of Grimpothuthis? Uh, well, I guess we're talking about business now, then. Wait, hang on. Grimm's Mask? You gotta be kidding me, Sasha. Don't tell me Dark Matters goes in for hokey urban legends and ghost stories. Until a century ago, Dark Matters was a hokey urban legend, Juno. Forgive us for lending them some professional courtesy. Fine. Grimm's Mask, then. Undisturbed ancient Martian tomb gets discovered over by Olympus Mons during the filming of a Kanagawa primetime special. Kreese's Kanagawa films his big, flashy expose of the excavation, destroys a few thousand years' worth of priceless ancient Martian artifacts, blah blah, until he opens the burial chamber of an ancient Martian ruler. He finds a death mask there, and the carvings around the mask say something about, Who cares? We do, Juno. And you probably should. Ugh. The carvings surrounding Grimm's mask specifically state that, quote, Grimpothuthis has earned eternal rest, end quote, and that the mask is to be left undisturbed or else the ghost of Grimm will walk again and seek vengeance upon those who disturb the tomb. When do we get the part about the guy who has the hook for a hand, Sasha? That's my favorite. Take this seriously, Juno. Urban legend or no, all evidence points toward the fact that someone has managed to infiltrate the incredibly sophisticated security system at Kanagawa Mansion, murder Kreese's Kanagawa, and paint your name on the wall. Your life is on the line here. That's good. I've been looking for a nice low-stakes case. <sighs> I thought you might say that. Say what? Case. Not everyone looks at a death threat and sees a job opportunity, Juno. Dark Matters is also willing to offer you protection. I'll pass. I'm guessing your protection looks a lot like a new name in a one-room apartment out on some asteroid a billion miles from nowhere. Well, regardless, it's certainly fortunate that you're willing to take this case. We thought it might be a conflict of interest to have you on this, but the Kanagawa family requested you investigate specifically. The Kanagawas want me there, huh? So that's the catch. Sorry, Sasha, you can keep your lousy case. I'll take death threats all day, but I won't walk straight into the guillotine. Do you know they were very insistent? Insistent? I'll tell you what I'm insistent about, Sasha. Not getting gutted by a bunch of mobsters with a TV station. Do you know the last thing Kreese has said to me? No. It was a little hard to hear through the concussion, but I think it went something to the tune of, If you ever set foot in here again, I'll kill you. What in the world did you do to deserve that? Just saved his son is all. I mean, most of his son. But listen, anyway, that's not the point. I'm not going back there, Sasha. So you can tell Kreese's Kanagawa and his cronies that Juno Steele's not going to be their stooge. I couldn't tell him that even if I wanted to, Juno. That corpse in the photograph? 
That's Croesus. All right, so it turns out I'm interested. You would better be. Either you take this case with our assistance, or you and I start talking about what asteroid you might want to live on. I hear XZ2B21C is very nice this time of century. It has an excellent view of Pluto. Ugh. Don't throw a tantrum, Juno. An agent will be arriving shortly to aid your investigation. He can fill you in on the details. Oh boy, this day just keeps getting better. I am not being followed around by some jerk in a suit all day, Sasha. Perhaps you can talk him out of the suit, but his assistance is not up for debate. His name is Agent Rex Glass. I've never met him, but his record is spotless, and he specializes in issues of this variety. Murders? The occult. The what? Goodbye, Juno. I'll see you in another 15 years. Juno Steele is a lot of different guys, depending on the day. Collector of bad art, decent cook, terrible gambler. But here's one thing he's not. An exorcist. So I threw on my coat, grabbed my keys, and spun the right laser carts into my blaster. If I could get out quick enough, I might have been able to solve this case without ever having to hear about ghosts or boogeymen or whatever Agent Tyrannosaurus was into. Might have been able to. If I'd moved a little quicker. Hello? Detective Steele, are you in there? Damn. Steele, could I ask you... Thank you. You are a gem upon Mars, Rita. And twice as beautiful. <laughs> Ah, Detective Steele, how lovely to meet you at last. Detective, are you trying to crawl out that window? I'd say I was succeeding. Well, I heard they do things differently on Mars, but I must admit this is a surprise. You'll have to show me your customs, Detective. Is there room in that window for two? His face was lean, but soft, with a cherub smile and a fox's teeth. He looked like he was happy to see me and like he'd be just as happy to kill me if push came to shove. It wasn't unpleasant, all things considered. (sighs) Agent Glass, right? Only to my mother, Detective Steele. Call me Rex, please. Yeah, I think I'll pass. Rita! Rita! Oh, I wouldn't bother calling for her, Detective. Miss Rita has been taken care of. The hell is that supposed to mean? Dealt with? Accounted for? I've euphemisms to go around, Detective. Rita, you better not have laid a finger on her. Oh, no, nothing of the kind. (laughs) Oh, hello there, Agent Glass. I just found the right way to talk to her. There's a right way to talk to everyone, Detective. You just have to find it. Here's hoping we find ours soon, eh? Huh, uh, you, uh... Should tell your coworker that. <clears throat> Just got off the phone with Agent Wire. Oh? Would you mind catching me up on what you know over dinner? Introductions make me peckish. You can eat in the car. I'm in kind of a rush. Some mummy wants me dead or something. It doesn't sound like that scares you much. Honestly, it doesn't. Well, perhaps you've been poorly informed then. You see, according to legend, Grimm's ghost takes a subcorporeal form made primarily of animal bones, serrated brass, and clotted blood, and he tears each of the targets of his vengeance into. You get in the car or what? <laughs> Only teasing, Detective, only teasing. And even if you are torn to shreds by the talons of an undead nightmare, it won't have been for nothing. This little escapade has gotten me to Mars, and it's gotten me to you, Juno Steele. And I have to say I'm enjoying both already. Yeah, you sure sound like it. You ready to go? Oh, Juno, I'm always ready. Kreese's Kanagawa lived in one of those mansions over uptown. It's easy to find, especially at night. Just look up for the moon. Then look for the bigger moon right next to it. That's Kanagawa's. 
The mansion was heavily staffed, and I don't mean there were a lot of people there. I mean just looking at the biceps of the women guarding the door was enough to make you think about how brittle your bones were. Between muscle and firepower, the staff was armed. And they had one other thing in common, too. Juno, is it just me, or did every single one of those people we passed just now have the last name Kanagawa on their name tags? They like to keep their business in the family. But there were so many. There weren't that many. They're just good at surrounding you. Oh, that's comforting. Look, the Kanagawas breed like rabbits, Rex, which is to say that most of them don't make it past 16, but the ones that do are crafty, mean, and they'll sell your legs straight off your body if they think they can get five creds for it. Those are savvy rabbits. The kind I'm used to eat carrots and wrinkle their little nosies. This must be your first visit to Mars, then. If you want to keep your limbs, stay clear of the sewers. Duly noted. What do they do, anyway, these Kanagawas? You're kidding. Oh, I know the broad facts. Stars of stream and screen by day, kings of the criminal underground by night. But that's all textbook. I want to hear what it's like down on the ground. Go on, regale me. You got most of it, but stars and kings... Eh. Now, they've been losing money steadily for years now. Word on the street is Croesus is... was making a lot of bad business decisions, giving a charity, that kind of thing. He's gone soft, then. Lost his edge, too. As of about a year ago, he was taking show ideas from anybody who'd talk to him. That's why I'm in this mess in the first place. You mean, why the curse chose you? Because you gave Croesus the idea for a show? Okay, last time I was here, sometime after I saved his son and before Croesus kicked my teeth in... He asked me what kind of shows someone like Juno Steele watches. I told him, whatever my secretary leaves on. And when he wouldn't take that for an answer, and he still hadn't paid me, I said, you know what, Croesus? Right now, I think I'd pay 10,000 creds to watch you dig a deep, deep hole and then bury yourself in it. What's that have to do with the mask? That's how he found the tomb. After he beat the tar out of me, he bought a camera crew to the desert, dug a deep, deep hole, and jumped in to discover the Martian tomb with that dumb death mask inside. Got good ratings from what I hear. Come on, crime scene should be just up ahead. Allow me to get that door, detective. I can open a door. Forgive me. Chivalry runs in the bloodline. Show your heart through your deeds, mother used to say. Keep your heart inside and I'll do the same, Glass. Incredible. It was something, all right. Croesus had been killed in his art gallery where Grimm's mask was being kept, and Croesus knew exactly what he liked. Can you imagine? Hundreds of death masks, vaults, tombstones, sarcophagi, all staring you down. Perhaps it's where he wanted to die all along. I don't think Croesus expected to die at all. And you, Juno? Where do you imagine yourself dying? In a cold ditch somewhere, just like everybody else. Oh, dream a little. Fine, a warm ditch then. You don't take anything seriously, do you? You got a problem with that? No. I think it's admirable. Standing up against the big, mean world and laughing. I don't really feel like laughing right now. This place gives me the creeps. I thought you said you didn't believe in curses. This isn't about Grimm's stupid mask, class. Someone in this mansion wants me dead. Not dead, technically speaking. The literature suggests that the walking ghost of Grimm keeps one's consciousness alive in a state of semi-eternal torment. The literature can suggest whatever it wants, Glass, but there are no goddamn ghosts. Juno Steel. Huh. You're next, Juno Steel. Incredible. Uh-oh. Turn around, Juno Steel. Raise your hands, Juno Steel, or I will strike you down where you stand. Perhaps you had better do as the Spectre asks, Juno. 
He might shave a few years off your eternity for good behavior. Shut up. Fine, they're up. They're up. Mind coming out so I can see the ghost that's going to chat me to death. Silence! Now repeat after me. I, Juno Steel, forfeit my soul to the great Grimpothuthus. I, Juno Steel, forfeit my soul to the great Grimpothuthus. And I really wish I had checked in with my old friends more before I died. Unresolved regret? Temporal verb tense confusion? And I also regret this haircut, because wow, I look awful. Knock it off. Say it. Cassandra, I know it's you. Just get the hell out here already. (laughs) (laughs) You never could take a joke, could you, Juno? Cassandra Kanagawa had a style all her own. According to her lawyers, that is. There were a few hundred small-town rock stars with acid wash hair and serrated teeth that might have claimed she'd stolen their look, but according to Martian copyright law and a few million in bribes, it was all legally distinct. And more importantly, it was very popular. I liked Cassandra. She was a lot of fun, but I kept reminding myself about that theft anyway, because you can't trust a business person in Hyperion City. Especially if you like them. I figured you'd be shaking in your ten cred shoes, so I thought I'd give you the warm Kanagawa welcome. Real considerate. My dry clean is going to your expenses for this one. Hey, who's Mr. Sunglasses over here? My name is Agent Rex Glass, Miss Kanagawa. It's an honor to meet you. Yeah, wish I could say the same. Min told me you were on the way. Min? Their stepmother. Where is Min, anyway? Expected to get the warm Kanagawa welcome from her, to be honest. Death of a family member comes with a lot of prep, you know. Meetings with the actuary, the funeral director, the writers. Writers? Yeah, writers. Gotta figure out how we're gonna spin this into a three-hour stream special, right? Milk the old man for everything he's worth. It's what he would have wanted. You always were sentimental, Cass. You mind leading us to the crime scene already? Oh, what's the rush? It's not like Dad's going anywhere. (gasps) Damn it, Cassandra. Cut it out with the bumps in the night already. Sorry, wasn't me. All bumped out. It sounded like it came from that... tomb. Oh, come on, Glass. This is a gallery, not a graveyard. There's no way Creases fit a tomb in here. Don't be stupid, Juno. Of course he did. What do you call that? That thing? That's just a... a giant, terrifying stone door with the words rest in peace carved into it. Is all. Ah! You always were jumpy. You aren't even a little bit worried about that noise? Oh no, Juno, of course I am. I bet it's just a bunch of ghosts all in a pile making big spooky ghost faces. Boo! <laughs> Come on, the noise can wait. Let's go. Allow me to get that door. After you. You know, Glass, it was barely cute the first time. So oh, I don't... quit stalling, Juno. Dad's right in here. Incredible. Yeah, it's quite a scene. I'm not that big a fan of it either. Your next Juno Steel. You usually get my fan mail on your wall, Cass. Don't remind me. Curses and ghosts and whatever? Too creepy. Mm, yes, creepy. Uh, Ms. Kanagawa, do you mind if we conduct our investigation now? I'm afraid you'll have to step back from the body so that Detective Steele can examine it. Me? You are the detective, Detective. You aren't afraid of a little blood, are you? Really, it was a lot of blood that was the problem. It looked like somebody popped a balloon full of pasta bolognese in that damn case, but glass wasn't budging, so I took a deep breath, and I stuck my head inside. There was something on Creases' face, but it didn't look like any kind of mask I'd ever seen. 
It was more like a big bronze folding chair crumpled up where his head was supposed to be. If there was a face crammed in there, it probably didn't look much like a face anymore. Find anything interesting? Just a plot summary of all my nightmares for the next year. You haven't even seen the best part. Step aside, please. Hey, hey watch where you're... <laughs> Suddenly, the mask snapped open like an accordion. Whatever wore it would have looked like it had three little masks across three little heads, each with too many eyes and noses and other things to count. As for Croesus, well... The thing had tried to split his one big head into three small ones. And succeeded. Amazing, isn't it? One can only imagine what the ancient Martian skeletal structure was like if they could split in this way. If you don't shut up about that right now, me and my breakfast are going to contaminate this crime scene. Oh, pull him out of there, Agent. Dad's going to roll over in his grave if you mess up his stupid trophy case. Don't know if you've noticed, Cass, but I don't think this case could get any messier. All that? That'll come right out. This thing's supposed to get blood on it. What? She's referring to the locks, I believe. Look here, Juno. A set of two DNA key locks, set to open only if the right genetic sample is placed within them. Only the people with the correct DNA signatures could open this case. Unhackable otherwise. So, let me get this straight. Anytime Croesus wanted to take his mask out to play, he had to cut his hand open and bleed all over both locks? Not both, moron. Dad wanted to make sure this thing was completely thief-proof. So he got two that have to be opened simultaneously. The left one was set to his DNA. The right one was set to Cecil's. And mine. Pretty interesting detail there, Cass. You keep looking at me like that, and I'm going to knock your eyes right out of your skull, Steel. Like what? This is how I look at all my friends who've got a 50-50 shot at being murderers. You little- Miss Kanagawa, would it interrupt any of your family's plans for mourning if I were to remove the mask? I have some readings I'd like to run on it. Whatever. Knock yourself out. Say hi to Creases for me. And, uh, thanks, Glass. Anytime. <clears throat> Gotta admit, it's weird seeing Croesus in there. Knew they'd call me in to investigate him one day, but I always thought he'd be the killer, not the victim. Don't count him out yet. Dad found a way to cheat everyone he ever met. Death's got its work cut out for it. Fascinating. What an extraordinary polymer. If you don't mind my saying, Cass, you don't sound all that upset the old man's dead. he cheat you recently? <sighs> no. No, he didn't, actually. It's just... This is a lot easier if I pretend he did. The mask's material, unlike anything else, incredible. It changes to assume the shape of what it contains. So what were you looking for when we first came in here? What are you talking about? Oh, come on, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. When you stepped through that door, the first thing you did was look behind the plant. Not that hard to find creases. He's right in front of my love letter on the wall over there. Hmm. Just one good push. That's all it would take. With one good push, the mask could swallow its victim whole. Rex, kind of in the middle of an interrogation over here. Oh, apologies, detective. I'll just bring the mask over here, then. Interrogation, huh? You haven't changed a bit. Just trying to lay it all out on the table for you, Cass. You can lie to me as much as you want, but I'm going to figure it all out eventually, and it's not going to look good for you if you start fibbing. What the hell happened to you, Juno? You used to be, I don't know, huh. fun. You and I might have called it fun, Cass, but my liver had a slightly different interpretation. Look, I'm not saying you killed him. But I am saying you'd better start talking if you want to persuade me otherwise. Look, what if I had one of those, those lullaby things? I hope you mean alibi, Cass, because I'm really not in the mood for a nap. Yeah, yeah, that. I was out all night last night with my bodyguards and driver. The car has a time-stamped camera feed, too. Here, I'll bring it up on my comms. The footage looked all right. Cassandra Kanagawa lounging in a stretch limo with half a dozen bodyguards and room enough for a dozen more. 
She flipped forward two hours, and the stream showed her drinking in a bar with her chauffeur. Another two hours, and she was shouting down some poor cashier. Another two, and she was back in the limo. It was an alibi airtight enough to suffocate in. That about clear me? The way I operate, Cass, not even I'm cleared until this case is closed. You think Cecil has an alibi like this? Cecil was here all night. Min grounded him. Grounded? Isn't he, like, 30? That says a lot about either Cecil or Min, Juno. I'll let you pick which. Pretty sure Cecil's televised himself killing a guy before a cast. What's it take to get grounded in the Kanagawa household? Cecil's been blowing through money like it's for sale, Juno. He got the collector's bug real bad. For, like, hollow stamps or something? Old torture devices, actually. Min keeps making him sell them all back, but he's grounded until he can control his wallet. Poor kid's not going to see the light of day until he's ready to retire. Well, that's some good news anyway. I always thought the world would be a lot safer with Cecil locked up. What were you doing last night, Cass? You looked pretty upset at that cashier. Shopping around for interstellar haulers, if you gotta know. Spaceship? A spaceship? This doesn't have anything to do with that big dream of yours, does it? You remember? It sounded like a hell of a show. It isn't going to be a show. Cecil has shows. Dad has shows. This is going to be art, you moron. Documentaries across every habitable planet in the galaxy. A project so big, nobody's ever even tried it before. I'm going to show, show everyone. everyone how people really live. Show them there are places out there that aren't like this city. Show them how many ways people have figured out how to be people. That's... yeah. That's right. As you told me, your dad wasn't going to let you do it. He said it'd never make any money. It still probably won't. But he changed his mind. I guess. We had enough in the budget for one new show, so Cecil and I were each going to pitch one. Cecil's was good, too. Would have more than made up for all his stupid torture machines. But Dad could tell how much this meant to me. He told me... He told me I could... I think I'm done talking now, Juno. Fair enough. Just one last question. Do you not get what done talking means? What are you looking for in here? I don't need to answer that. You have my alibi. That's enough. Could be. I'd like to know for sure, though. Trust me, Juno. There are some mysteries you don't want to solve. Some things... Some things are just personal. Maybe. Why not tell me what you were looking for, then we can discuss which category this falls under. If you want to know, you'll have to get a warrant. And a brace for those broken ribs. Which broken? <coughs> Ow. Those broken ribs. <laughs> Later, Juno. Good luck with the whole death curse thing. Hey, wait a second. At least tell me where we're supposed to find Cecil. He's probably in his stupid workshop. Well, where the hell is that? Remember those creepy tomb doors in Dad's collection? You're kidding me. Have fun in there. Just be sure Cecil's big machines don't get you first. After all, there's a monster on the loose. Woo! <laughs> wow, I hate this family. Rex, you find anything over there? Oh, did Cassandra leave? Oh, it's a pity. I wanted to ask her about these doors. What, are they haunted or something? No, I'm just looking to remodel. Shall we continue on, Juno? You sure there's nothing else over there? That was pretty quick. In training, they taught us that your chances of solving a murder plummet seven hours after death, Detective. We have to keep moving. Back in the HCPD, they always told us 24 hours. Well, that certainly explains a lot about the Martian crime rate, I'd say. Shall we? Sure, Rex, whatever you say. I dragged my heels on the way back to the creepy tomb door. I had something big on my mind, for one thing, but... More pressingly, I really didn't want to know what tortured machines or ancient ghosts or goddamn dinosaurs were looking back there making that... noise. Well, 
Well, the inside of this doesn't look like an abandoned tomb so much as an abandoned spaceship. You sound disappointed. Not at all. Some of the strongest paranormal activities have taken place in sunken ships. Space pirates' curses and alien specters. You don't really buy all that stuff, do you? I believe in things bigger than us. In things outside of our comprehension. The universe is full of mysteries, Juno. Where we go when we die, why some objects seem to bring luck or misery wherever they go. What strange force causes two strangers to become closer? No mystery to that last one, Rex. I hear you can buy it by the bottle so long as you have a valid form of ID on you. <laughs> what has you so cranky? I hear there's a name for it, but I never ask. Psychiatrists give me the creeps. Really, now? I want to work with you, Juno, but if I'm going to do so, you'll have to cooperate. <sighs> Look, last time I did a case for the Kanagawas, I messed up, okay? I did something really stupid and they've wanted to get me for it ever since. Which was? Yeah, no. Not getting into that. You're worried that this is a trap, then? Thought that was pretty clear. Well, allow me to alleviate those fears, Detective. It is definitely a trap. Hey, would you look at that? My fears just up and disappeared. That's incredible, Rex. Thanks for the amazing secret agent stuff. It's simple. Cassandra was far too willing to allow me to tamper with the crime scene. Min has invited you into her home and sent her daughter to you, but she, herself, is nowhere to be found. Absolutely everyone has been leading us here, to this hallway, with those horrible noises. Case in point. It seems absolutely certain that they all want us to come here, to where Cecil is. The only question is why. Or if they even have the same reasons. It's not like it's getting closer to you? I would certainly rather not find out. Damn it, there's nowhere to hide. I wouldn't be so sure of that. Now, if I recall correctly... Classes really seem like the time to give the wall a massage. Just a moment. Aha! Quickly, in here. What in the... Now! Well, that sounds like it was very close. The glass? Mind telling me where the hell that secret door came from? You got a top-secret classified door-making gadget hitting that code of yours? No, no, those aren't available until the clearance level above mine. But a good agent never goes into a job unprepared, and when I read about the Kanagawa's reputation, I took the precaution of memorizing the floor plan to their mansion. You don't say. You can tell a lot about the denizens of a building from its floor plan. Houses are much like the people within them. All hold secrets, twists and turns. And giant screaming monsters, apparently. Sounds like it's right outside. What the hell are we going to do about this thing? Oh, nothing at all. That's not what I expected. If we open this door, it will find us and likely kill us. If it opens this door, the very same. This may be difficult for an investigator to swallow, but there are some things one should not investigate. You're not the first person to tell me that today. So, given all that, there's nothing to be done but wait, hope that we don't die, and hope even more that the creature leaves some evidence or ectoplasm behind to examine. And in the meantime, I'm much more interested in you. That makes one of us. You've just implied that everyone has a monster lurking in the halls of their mind. If we're going to rely on each other in this haunted mansion, is it so strange that I would be interested in what shapes your demons take? I'm a little more concerned about the shape of the demon that wants me dead, honestly. You have a very interesting name. Juno. Juno. Like the goddess, I assume? Mothers, guardians, protectors... Not sure that's what Mom had in mind. Looked the name up once. Turns out Juno was a real piece of work. Had a mean streak a mile wide and a nasty habit of killing her kids. And do you have a mean streak, Detective? Nope. Mom did, though. Never killed me, but that wasn't for lack of trying. 
How about Rex? Does that mean anything? Look at me, Juno. I am? No, no. Look at me. Really look. Now tell me, what do you think Rex means? Uh, right now I'm thinking it's someone who took Psych 101 a little too seriously. <laughs> Very close. It means king, Juno, in a language dead 10,000 years. I take my name as a creed to live by. Control your name, and you control yourself. It's a pretty thought, Rex. I wish it were that simple. <laughs> Goddess of protectors. What was that? We've wasted enough time already. That thing hasn't made any noise for a while. Maybe it's found somebody else to eat. I would advise caution. Looks like the coast is clear. Let's go. Well, so much for caution. Juno, I do want to apologize. I hope you haven't taken too much offense. Shh. I can tell you're upset, Detective, but shushing seems entirely unnecessary. Just shut up. Don't you hear that? Here. What in the world is that? It sounds so familiar. It might be... <gasps> Cameramen. It might be what? Rex, I need you to do two things for me. First, look above us. Slowly. Detective? Yeah? Is that a man with a camera for a head hanging from the ceiling? By a broad definition, yeah. And what's the second thing you wanted me to do? Run! What in the world is that thing? It's a cameraman. One of Cecil's goddamn genetic engineering experiments. Picks up a DNA cocktail from all the biggest, fastest, and meanest climbers in the animal kingdom. They replace its hands with grappling hooks and its head with the best cybernetic video cameras money can buy. You've seen these before and you didn't recognize that noise? Thank you, yes, but the demonstration is not necessary. This looks like a new model. They didn't have quite so many arms last time I saw. It's gaining. Yeah, I can see that. Thanks. Maybe think about coming up with an idea instead of shouting status updates like a goddamn... Juno, watch where you're going. <laughs> it's stopped. Very courteous. I'll just run face first into a few more floors and maybe it'll start going backwards. It's moving again. What in the world? Juno... Why didn't the cameraman drop onto us immediately when you discovered it? We looked up at it, and it wasn't until we started running that it followed. Perhaps it doesn't want to catch us. Whoa! Whoa. Funny way of showing it. But that's not a bad point, Rex. If it wanted to catch us, drag us off to wherever Cecil wants us, why didn't it just get us then? Or when I fell? Perhaps it was enjoying the show? Show! That's it! Quick, Rex! Hit me. What? Damn it, do I gotta do everything myself? <clears throat> that was. Well, I suppose that was good television. Good television's what it wants. Now, you hit me. Quickly. Well, if you insist. Oh. Come on, are you kidding me? That was nothing. Juno, this is the strangest case. Hit me! <clears throat> Alright, hit me again and move closer to the door. Are you sure you shouldn't hit me? Just do it! <clears throat> Almost there. <sighs> 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 
Well, that was exhilarating. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm going to go sit down now. Allow me to. I can get there on my own. This mansion is certainly full of surprises. Uh, can we just be quiet for a second, please? Of course. I wonder where we are now. It's so dark in here, but from the sound of it, the room is very large. And these chairs are very strange, aren't they? Such an odd design. Why, from the look of it, they appear to be... Oh, dear. What now? Didn't Cassandra say that Cecil had been collecting ancient torture devices? Yeah, but he sold them all off. Because, well, I don't know how to break this to you, Detective, but these chairs appear to be... What the hell? These bars, the chairs have locked us into place. Esteemed visitors, elders and gentle children, human beings from across the span of age and space. Oh, goddammit. Tonight, for your viewing pleasure, a private investigator and a special agent, two experts of the quick escape, will attempt the most deadly feat to ever air on stream. We will? They've avoided the beast of the halls. They've avoided my mother. But can they avoid the throne of spinning blades? Oh! Brought to you by the Kanagawa Corporation, this is Cecil Kanagawa's From the Jaws of Death! <laughs> Hello there, Junebug. Remember me? Did I remember Cecil Kanagawa? Of course I did. Because if, like Agent Glass says, everyone's mind is like a building with monsters inside, let's call Cecil's mind a demon's apartment complex with room after room of narcissism and sadism and all the isms that should have guaranteed him a lot of professional help. Instead, it got him the most popular entertainment network on Mars. Do you have a plan, Juno? Cameraman, it's showtime! In the light of the room, I could see all of them now. Half a dozen cameramen clambering up onto all those nightmare sets in Cecil's playground of spikes and blades and brand logos. All their lenses were trained on us. Juno, I asked if you had a plan. Just one. Bust out of here and then bust Cecil in his twisted little face. That would be helpful, and until then? Only one thing to do, Rex. Smile for the camera. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider supporting the Penumbra on Patreon. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash thepenumbrapodcast. If you support us on Patreon at the $10 level or higher, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from actor Noah Symes and co-creators Kevin Vibert and Sophie Kainer. You know, taking, you know, the lines that you need to keep, the plot points that you need to keep, figuring out... Which, where the overlap is in those two mm-hmm. and then not only like having to figure out what you fill the rest with but how does it connect is it is always so we would like to give special thanks to all who support us on Patreon but especially to Eliza Gray the Princess and the Scrivener Hannah Jim Elizabeth Miller and Angel Acevedo for their incredibly generous contributions per episode thank you you can also support The Penumbra by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter at The Penumbra Pod, following us on Tumblr at The Penumbra Podcast, telling your friends about us, telling your friends to tell their friends about us, 
and especially by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. Every rating, comment, and kind word spreads our stories farther and inspires us to keep creating more and better tales to come. This tale, Juno Steele and the Case of the Murderous Mask, was told by the following people. Joshua Elon as Juno Steele, Noah Symes as Agent Rex Glass, Kate Jones as Rita, Sophie Kaner as Agent Sasha Wire, and Leslie Drescher as Cassandra and Cecil Kanagawa. On staff at the Penumbra, Kevin Vibert is our lead writer and recording engineer. Sophie Kaner is our director and sound designer. Graham Turner is our script editor. Original music by Ryan Vibert. Promotional art by Michaela Buckley. The Penumbra is created and produced by Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. I'm so sorry you've been called away, dear traveler. We eagerly await your return. <laughs>